here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. We are talking Raiders football coming off a big victory last weekend over the Denver Broncos. And we're going to be talking about that and much, much more with the managing editor of the Raiders Wire, Marcus Mosier. Marcus, thanks for taking time with us. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really upset that Ryan's not here today for a couple different reasons, but uh, he, he's a big Patriots fan. My Cowboys played him this weekend. I was really hoping that I would get to, to rag on him a little bit, but he's got some some dad duties he's got to do. So I guess we can excuse him. You'll have plenty of time. Trust me. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure I've already. Well, I'll just tell you now. I've sent him about 1,500 texts just uh, already needling him about that game. So, of course, uh, he's taking of course. care of Don't that's, worry. Because that's what we do. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what we do. So let's start with last week. And obviously there were a number of different storylines, mainly off the field for the Raiders as they were approaching last Sunday's game against the Denver Broncos. And there's an old theory and it's, it's worked out in a lot of different sports that I've covered throughout the years that a team will often play its best game for a brand new coach. That theory got a passing grade, certainly this weekend uh, with the Raiders and interim coach, Rich Bisaccia dismantled Denver. Talk about that theory first. And, and do you believe in that theory as well? I don't necessarily believe in that theory because it depends on the situation, right? Some coaches get fired that the players absolutely love and some get fired because the players absolutely hate them. So I think it goes on a team by team basis. Uh, But man, that was an impressive win for the Raiders for a variety of reasons, right? Like John Gruden was literally game planning on the Monday before uh, he resigned. He was getting ready the, the game plan for the Broncos. He leaves and there's all this controversy and now you go to Denver and just whoop them. Uh, that's that's a pretty impressive win by them. Talk about the state of the team as it exists now. They're clearly trying to put aside all of the now former head coach John Gruden talk, keep their focus on a home game this weekend against Philadelphia. How, as, as you've seen it, how has the team in your mind managed all of this? Really well. And you got to give a lot of credit for Derek Carr, who's really stepped up in a leadership role over the last couple of days. I mean, he's just been so vocal uh, about not letting outside distractions bother them, uh, that they're going to win because of the, the players in the coaches in the locker room right now. Uh, I think they feel really confident and they should. They're four and two. They're playing really well. The defense is much better than we've seen over the last couple of years. And they're in prime position to, to make a run for the playoffs. And they've got a coach that they really believe in, in Richard Passaccia, uh, I think the Raiders have to be feeling good about themselves entering this week seven game. Talking to Marcus Mosher, managing editor of the Raiders Wire. And again, we appreciate his time. You mentioned Derek Carr. Perfect segue was my next question is going to be about Derek Carr. And, you know, before 2020, you know, Carr wasn't necessarily known uh, for being the most aggressive of quarterbacks. But something's changed in the last season now and and, the, and this past few weeks where Carr is averaging more than nine yards uh, per attempt. It's the highest of his career. He's got more completions, yards, and throws beyond 20 yards than any other quarterback in the NFL this season. So how big an effect has that had, not just on his game, but on other elements of this Raiders offense? Oh, it's been huge. And the offensive line has been 
just atrocious this year. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, they've got the league's worst ranked center, the league's worst ranked right guard, and the league's worst ranked right tackle. So the right side of his line has been absolutely awful, and yet he's playing really well. He's throwing the ball down the field. He's averaging more air yards per attempt than what we've ever seen before. He's actually connecting with Henry Ruggs, and the offense is able to stay afloat. And I just – it's fantastic to see him playing well. He's really just kind of steadily improved in every single season uh, since 2019. Uh, it's, it's just wonderful to see him playing, you know, at an elite level. Let's jump over to the defense and a couple of individual performances that I wanted to get your take on. In particular, Max Crosby of the day he had against Denver, sort of a breakout game for him. The last few weeks had been a bit quiet uh, after that big opening week he had against the Ravens. Then he kind of leveled off a little bit, but a huge day for Max Crosby on Sunday against the Broncos. Yeah, he was a part of five different sacks on Sunday. He had 14 pressures in this game. I, I mean, just a dominant, dominant performance. Now, the problem with Crosby a little bit this year is he's gone against some weaker offensive tackles and he's kind of feasted on some of those players, but he's doing exactly what you would expect him to do is just take over and win with effort and athleticism. Uh, he just looks like a totally different player than what we saw early on in his career. And with him and Yannick Ngakwe on the other side, they've got an actual pass rush. And the, this is a team that hasn't had hardly any sacks over the last couple of years. So to see Crosby actually putting it all together and being a disruptive player on the defensive line is just great to see. One other player I want to get your uh, your your thoughts on is linebacker Corey Littleton. Tied the team last week with 11 tackles, uh, had a big second quarter, uh, teamed up with, again, Max Crosby for a sack that stalled the Broncos' drive. Uh, give us your takeaway on what you've seen from Corey Littleton so far, Just uh, not just this week, but certainly this season. Yeah, so Littleton last year really struggled to, to adapt to Paul Gunther's defense. It just wasn't a good fit at all. And I think over the first couple games of the season, he, he wasn't a great fit in Gus Bradley's defense either. And that's why they went out and traded for Denzel Perryman, and they signed KJ right off the street. I thought Littleton has been better over the last couple of weeks. Certainly not the player that they paid in free agency. He's not the Pro Bowl player that we saw with the Rams. But he's getting better, and that's all that the Raiders can hope for is that uh, some of these guys like Littleton and Nick Kikowski and Jonathan Abram just can continue to learn the scheme, become more comfortable, uh, because there is there is a lot of talent on this defense, uh, and they need them to play better to, to, to be a playoff-caliber team. Uh, and I do think Littleton's improved, so it's a step in the right direction. We'll take a quick pause here for a moment, and then we'll come back and take a look at the rest of the AFC West, including the Oakland Raiders. And then, of course, we'll take a, an in-depth look at this weekend's matchup at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. You're listening to the Raiders Wire podcast. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to week number seven. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays as we navigate six teams on by. Quarterback Matt Ryan, Atlanta Falcons, at Miami Dolphins. Coming off of a bye week of his own, Ryan gets wide receiver Calvin Ridley back in the lineup, and it looks like wideout Russell Gage has a chance to return as well. 
The entire offense seems to be coming around to Arthur Smith's system, and the last time we saw Ryan, he was dropping dimes to rookie tight end Kyle Pitts. Miami has allowed 12 passing touchdowns, picking off only two passes since week one, and three teams have given up more fantasy points to the position in this time. Each one of those teams has allowed at least two rushing scores to inflate the matchup data. With injury concerns at both of the starting cornerback positions, Miami may have a hard time keeping Ryan under wraps. Running back J.D. McKissick, Washington football team at Green Bay Packers. McKissick's three strong games this year have come against the Giants, the Falcons, and the Chiefs. All terrible defenses. The Chargers, Bills, and Saints shut him down. Green Bay is somewhere in the middle right now, largely due to injuries. Green Bay's offense can hang points with the best of them, and Washington hasn't been able to stop a receiver for anything this season. Furthermore, it's unclear if running back Antonio Gibson will be able to play through his continued shin injury after exiting the lineup multiple times last week. His absence would mean more work for McKissick. Detroit Lions wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown at Los Angeles Rams. LA's defense of wide receivers isn't nearly as strong as it may seem, at least from a fantasy perspective in PPR. Some of that's by design. In the last five weeks, only Tennessee has given up more catches to the position. Washington has allowed one fewer reception but seven more touchdowns in that time. The Rams are playing extremely well with a version of bend but don't break defense. They'll happily give up a lot of short area passing volume to prevent the long ball, as evidenced by a dozen players over six games having five or more receptions against this unit in 2021. In a revenge game for Matthew Stafford, Detroit will be forced to throw like crazy to have a chance. Not that the Lions actually have a chance. St. Brown should be heavily targeted. Get him in all PPR lineups, especially with so many teams on a bye. Arizona Cardinals tight end, Zach Ertz versus the Houston Texans. Still feels weird to say, doesn't it? He posted four catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown in week six Thursday night game before being traded the next day. This week, Houston comes to visit and brings its feeble defense of tight ends. The position has averaged 5.6 receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown every 7.3 catches. All of these are top nine figures working in Ertz's favor. Additionally, Houston has been surprisingly good against wide receivers, which would mean Kyler Murray is frequently looking toward his new tight end. For more fantasy football tips and advice, please check out our award-winning content at thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at USA Today bet.com slash podcast that's usa today bet.com slash podcast see typico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in new jersey 1-800-522-4700 in colorado this is the typical sports book minute let's make this interesting What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my homie Nathan Beagle to help break down this week's Sunday Night Football game with the Indianapolis Colts visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the 49ers favored 4.5 with the total sitting at 43.5. I like the Indianapolis Colts to cover this number because they're 4-2 against the spread so far this year. Their offense is trending up with T.Y. Hilton coming back and Wentz getting settled into his new scheme. Also, the 49ers are 5-13-1 against the spread at home since Kyle Shanahan became head coach in 2017. Nate, how are you betting your money in this game? I like San Francisco in this game, especially with them having the seventh best pass defense in the NFL and Jimmy G returning. Jimmy G has only lost two games this season, and they were to Green Bay and Seattle, having beaten Philadelphia and Detroit. 
both by more than four points. I'm rolling with the home dog coming off a bye week. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, welcome back, Raiders Wire Podcast. Again, I'm Steve Bordstein, sitting in for Ryan O'Leary, joined by Marcus Mosher, managing editor of the Raiders Wire. Uh, Marcus, we uh, talked a little bit about the offensive highlights, some of the defensive highlights. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at the AFC West as a whole for a moment, and quite a logjam at the standings right now, all four teams within one game of each other. Let's start uh, with your look at the AFC West, the Chargers, after their stunning loss to Baltimore, uh, and how you view the Broncos, and certainly uh, you know the Chiefs got going forward. Well, I want to ask you, Steve, like which team are you going to bet to win this division right now? Because a week ago I would have said the chargers, but they just got destroyed by Baltimore. So I, I just don't have any feel on this. What do you think? I'm, I'm leaning chiefs just because I think they'll finally put it together yeah. in the second half of the season. But I'm tempted to think the Raiders make a run. I, I really do. I don't believe in the Broncos at all. Uh, even after the three and start, you saw no, the abysmal no. teams they were playing. Uh, and now there's just a, it looks like a firestorm starting in Denver right now uh, where they're calling for the coaches head. They're calling for the quarterbacks head. Um, so I, I, I'm leaning chiefs and Raiders in that order right now. It's so tough because I really want to take the chargers because I really believe in Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley, but their run defense is so bad that it's actually hurting their offense. Like teams are just holding the ball forever on offense and the chargers can't get off the field. It's unfortunately, it's probably going to be the chiefs. Like as much as we'd like somebody else to win this division and put some chaos, uh, chaos in the uh, AFC, it just feels like the chiefs are probably going to end up winning 12 games this year, winning the division by a game or two. And it'll be the chargers and Raiders fighting for playoff spots, you know, in the wild card. I, I really want to pick somebody else. Uh, but it's probably going to be the Chiefs. Let's talk about this matchup coming up Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Positive vibes of a big road win over Denver. Obviously, we'll carry forward a little bit here. It's a Philadelphia team that's, you know, got more issues off and on the field right now, certainly competing in a very competitive NFC East. How do you see this matchup coming up against uh, against the Eagles on Sunday? Yeah, so the Eagles are coming off, you know, 10 days rest. They played on Thursday against Tampa Bay last week. It's really fascinating because it's all about how well Jalen Hurts plays. If Jalen Hurts continues to struggle with his accuracy in the first three quarters, like we've seen over the last couple of weeks, the Raiders should win. Um, But what makes me nervous if you're a Raiders fan is the defensive line for the Eagles. Fletcher Cox and J. Ron Hargrave are just playing phenomenal right now. And the interior offensive line for the Raiders has been arguably their biggest weakness. So, I think this is going to be a really close game. I see the, the the Raiders are only favored by three at home, which tells you that, you know, odds makers believe these are two pretty similar teams. I think it comes down to the quarterback play, and I do trust Derek Carr more than Jalen Hurts, and it's why I'm leading to pick the Raiders. 
Yeah, you mentioned Jalen Hurts a little bit, and certainly, you know, he's he's got the tools. It looks like mm-hmm. from time to time he's got the fundamentals to be the quarterback, but it's the decision making and the accuracy. And unfortunately, in the NF, in the business of the NFL, especially on the field, those are two critical components. I don't doubt his ability to be a leader, and I don't doubt his ability to to make things happen when the pocket breaks down, whatever. But it's been the accuracy that's been the biggest issue. Yeah, and I'm not sure it's going to get better anytime soon. They did lose Zach Ertz via trade. The offensive line has been really banged up uh, over the last couple of weeks. I will say, Steve, the matchup I'm really excited to watch, Lane Johnson, the all-pro right tackle against Max Crosby. That one is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah, it's the story is Hurts. Can he play well? I think he can do it in spurts, but I'm just not sure he can do it for a full 60 minutes. Marcus Mosher joining us here on the Raiders Wire. Marcus, tell our listeners how we can uh, follow you through social media and uh, a little bit more information, obviously uh, updated all the time on the Raiders Wire website. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Raiders Wire uh, has a ton of really interesting stuff up on the site right now. We've got predictions for the games. We've got playoff odds. We actually got a mock draft. So if you want to look ahead to the 2022 uh, draft season, we've got that. Uh, profiles on certain players. Make sure you guys are all checking it out. Excellent. Marcus, appreciate your time very much this uh, Thursday, and we appreciate your time and looking forward to uh, chatting again very soon. Yes, thank you guys so much. You bet. Bye-bye. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.